Yo, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. This is the Beat People podcast number 86, hosted by myself, Ken Flux Pierce, and Trevarsi. Today is June 18th. It is 12 p.m. Pacific. And we got Mario Hernandez of Electron up in here. And we're going to be talking about the uh, Syntax and all things Syntax. So consider this episode 86, the Syntax Talk. Let's have that talk. Yo, ho, ho, ho. Yo. I just want to say that, just like you said a moment ago, Javarsi, this has been a long time. We haven't, um, all of us haven't been on a show together in a long time. So I know, it's wild. crazy. <laughs> and while while we're all, everyone except for Mario, all in some state of recovering COVID, um, <laughs> so if you hear anybody cough or, you know, whatever, that's why. So now you know. And uh, we're going to have some fun. What's up, Mario? What's up, Corey? How's it going? Thank you again for having me here. I'm excited. Feels kind of like we're all back together. I know we saw each other at NAM for a quick yeah. second, but at least that's, now we can. That's why we all have COVID. Ex- <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no doubt. It's good to have you here, man. What's up, Ken? And like what, what sorry i had myself muted so that i wouldn't covid cough all over everyone and i was getting ready to share the link around but um yeah i i just kind of came back from the deathbed of covid and uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. nam was nam was a hell of a super spreader event it truly was <clears throat> um, but you know i'm glad we're all still standing uh, <clears throat> and so let's talk about this syntax though yes uh, you know, uh, uh, I see the chat. Oh, here we go. Yeah, you all got the chat up. And what's up to the chat? We got Ted Curry Cases, Cool Doug Love. Yo, Cool Doug Love. I love that name. That's that reminds me of like the classic era of hip hop. <laughs> yeah, Doug Love. He just, his name is a statement. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what up to everybody? I met. And uh, why not if I didn't mention why not? So, yeah, so about the syntax, I'm gonna I'm just bring the screen up right quick. Um, the syntax is new, uh, the latest product from Electron 12 track drum computer and synthesizer. Um, yep. and it's dope, and that's all I know. I'm gonna let Mario kind of introduce the, the, the product, definitely. Yeah, all good. Yeah, so as uh, Corey was saying, Syntax, uh, guys in the chat, if you know it, if not, it's a 12-track drum computer and synthesizer. Basically, you have 12 tracks of synthesis to use for percussive sounds or synthesized sounds. And the way that it's set up is uh, you have two different synthesis types, and first one being digital, and that's going to be accessed uh, on the first eight tracks here. And then you have analog tracks, uh, synthesis on these tracks 9 through 12. And as you go through these different tracks, you can start seeing that there's different uh, parameters and different animations. That's because the way that the sound structure is set up is in the digital si- synthesis section, you have different machines. And these machines are uh, catered to specific type of sounds, not saying that you're only locked into that, but kind of gives you a starting point. So you have some clap sounds. Uh, 
some snares and it kind of allows you to just start building up a drum kit uh, and also just a full uh, instrument composition. And then as you go down into this, these analog tracks, the same thing applies here. You have different uh, machines that will make synthesize different sounds. And the first three tracks here, you have the bass drum, snare drum, and then you also have uh, dual VCO synth. So that's basically an analog synth with two, two um, oscillators that you're able to just change up and kind of uh, gives you the, the bare of the analog synthesis. Um, whereas these bass drums and snare drums, there's already these pre-made uh, connections like sweep time to the pitch, which waveform you're doing the whole time. So it's it's uh, kind of hones in on the synthesis to just let you focus on making some dope sounds. Mm -hmm. um, so this one right here, there there is uh, on the, Syntax, as if you're familiar with it, it has the same kind of workflow and signal flow as uh, the Digi series. So if you go here, as I was going through this page, this is your synth page, and here you have access to all the parameters of that machine, depending on which machine is selected. And then as that um, you're done shaping your sound there, the audio goes into a filter. And on the digital tracks, you have a digital multi-mode filter. So you have your normal low pass and some high pass and then also some EQs with different Q settings. So you could go there and really shape it with the envelope follower as well. So you could really find the sweet spots uh, of the synthesis and help make it knock a little bit harder. Um, you also have a dedicated uh, high pass, low pass on the dig digital tracks. And um, once those goes through the filter, then you have an amp page. So this is going to be your volume and then also your delay and reverb sends. And the way that the delay and the reverb works is that they're um, kind of like returns. Um, it's a master delay and reverb. So the track sends are sending it to that. And then you could press function and select which uh, um, effect you want to uh, affect change the parameters for so i go here so even though it's just those two effects there's a lot of stuff you could do uh, alongside with the sequencer parameter locks and stuff which we could get into um but right here you also have uh two lfos for those tracks so eight tracks um each of these tracks it's going to have this same thing laid out just depending on what you have selected on the machine and the LFOs are really dope because you could send them to any of these parameters for the sound. Uh, so you could start doing some weird tuning. So that's a kick sound, but it's a kick machine, but this is kind of like a synth now, some weird effects. So uh, you could kind of see where you're, you could start changing stuff and make some very unique sounds with the LFOs to modulate the parameters and then on the second lfo you have the ability to send uh to modulate the first lfo's setting so you could do some kind of uh things where it's kind of cross modulating it's cr modulating the lfo one so every time you hit something it could be changing the sound on there um and then here on the analog tracks it's set up the same way like i said uh, on these tracks with the signal flow it's just these are actually analog circuits, analog oscillators. And 
when I have this track selected, when you go into the filter, as I said before, they're analog filters and it's multi-mode. So you have different filter shapes that you could start shaping the sound. Um, and then, like I said, on these first three tracks, it's the analog drum. So analog drum means you have bass drums, snare drums, rim shots, um, impulses. Uh, kind of, that's available on all of the analog tracks, a dual VCO synth. So let me go to this one. And here you can really start to hear these filters work. Um, let me go into chromatic mode. So in crazy, in in uh, basically you have the ability to have three of those uh, selected on each of these machine uh, tracks. So you don't have to stick with just one on each. If you want to have three dual VCOs, you could do that. Copy this track, paste, paste. So it's kind of in a way you have monosynth, but if you wanted to, you could make it a polysynth by using this. So there's just a lot of different ways that you could actually use um, the tracks and set them up how you want per pattern, because um, all the information gets saved into these patterns. Um, and in the project, you have eight banks, and within those eight banks, you have 16 patterns. And that's going to hold all your information, all of your sound information, your sequence information, any effects routings that you have set, and modifiers. And since I mentioned that, we could just talk about the modifiers real quick and the effects track. Mm -hmm. So what's new on the syntax is going to be the modifiers. You have these four right here because you only have these 12 tracks. So with these buttons here, you can see it's illuminated this orange color. And if I hold function, I could change which modifier is selected. The first two modifiers are um, normal to a parameter. And the first one is retrig. So if I hold function, retrig, and up or down, I could set it up and you can see I have these uh, beat division values and that's going to correlate to what track I'm selected on. So now that's just a lot easier to um, apply retrig opposed to having to um, parameter lock it in or try and play it with your and the, and the retrig and something like that is is going to retrig whatever the highlighted instrument is right or whatever the, the active instrument is correct so yeah you have it on instrument number two which is the snare but if you selected a different instrument those retrigs would then apply to that the retrig button correct so track one track two um and then if you are in if you go you can uh trigger more than one so if you do like do something like this crazy but uh you can do some weird stuff with that but it, it is uh on the selected track that you have that's what the the retrig uh my bad the modifiers are going to modify that track um so the next one is going to be velocity and it does exactly what you would think it does you have four 
values of velocity here. Dope. Um, and then uh, modifier A and B are assignable. So this one, you could select a parameter uh, that you want to apply different modifier to. So if I go oh, to like- oh, so they become like, like performance macros at that point. This, exactly. This, for, the, for the synth that's selected. Yep, so this one I have the delay um, send. So now when I go to this higher, let me change these settings a little bit. If I go to this higher one, it's sending more to the delay send versus this one not sending anything. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then this can be applied to any of the, not, not every parameter, um, but in terms of the synth page, it's going to be the tune, the decay, and the overdrive. And then you have everything else um, after that. Um, so go to tune. kind of make like a four uh scale um four note scale there uh but speaking of um before i get into chromatic my bad uh modifier b is just the same thing um just a different location so you have up to two different um destinations for uh per pattern dope but well let's also let's let's pull back a little bit because <clears throat> i want to i want to be able to take some courses and i also want to yeah. ask because as you were going through, like the one thing that pops out in my mind a lot about, hold on, let me pop out of here. The one thing that that stands out in my mind a lot is just like, yo, this joint, which is not unlike other uh, electron uh, drums, drum machines, in a sense, it's like a sound designer's wonderland. Yeah, so much sound design uh, capability and flexibility and stuff. And I know um, I got a chance to design some sounds on there. Travarsi got a chance to design some sounds on there. We both actively held Ken away from the situation, so he could not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like Electron was mad at me because I got rid of my rhythm. <laughs> they had a tracker on it, right? <laughs> the rhythm tracker. <laughs> so, um, Travarsi, let me ask you, when it comes to the syntax, how would you approach your sound design? Uh, stuff that you did for it oh um i approached it i had to think about that for a second sorry um <laughs> god because it does so much you know like well first of all it was so long ago and then i got like this crash course on it so it was very mm -hmm. much um i mean but i've already been familiar with the electron workflow which Somebody, I think, asked about it. But so that was like half the battle, I think. You know what I mean? Like learning to navigate. So for me, it was I started with the initial sounds and then I built, I created sounds based on the vibe I was built. And I started building a pattern and a song or like a song or pattern for a track. And then I approached it the same way with modular. It was like a very basic set of first a very basic structure and then I started to peel through the layers and started shaping and sculpting 
to kind of have everything work and fit together. And that's how I started creating my sounds. So I didn't specifically go to one sound and then just stay on that sound for an extended period of time. I just kept going around it, if that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I like drum groove and I was like, oh no, I think that needs to be tweaked a little bit. I like, I want a little bit more harmonics here. And then through that process, I created my sounds. Well, yeah. before before you dive too deep into that, let me, let me ask a couple of quick questions for those of us who don't have a syntax and haven't really worked on one. Um, the the analog drums that are in there is it using the same um, same chip basically that was used for the rhythm? Is like for instance, I saw that there's dual VCO in there. Is that the same dual VCO that's in the Rhythm MK2? Um, are, are those mostly all the same analog circuits that were there or are they different or are some the same and some different they they are different and they're improved so um for for in particular the the dual vco one um improved tracking pitch tracking on the higher registers that was something that was uh not the best on the rhythm mark two yeah, um, yeah. that's that they, they honed in on and then also the filter as well it's uh there's different filter types than there were on the mark two as well so they are different uh circuits they're they inspired by the rhythm but made the tweaks when they when they applied it to to the syntax interesting yeah yeah because that was one of the things like the the rhythm i got rid of mine not because i didn't like how it sound i actually loved how it sound but just the workflow of what it was wasn't really for me but the more I keep looking at the syntax, I like the small form factor of it. I like, I kind of like the layout of it for like the rhythm has a little bit of a mental hang up for me when I see the pads and everything. I, I, I kind of want to work in a certain way, but that's not really the way that it works. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I look at this thing, I'm like, Oh man, may maybe I should give that thing a try. Cause I, I kind of like that, that form factor and all. The um yeah. the, the digital side of it are those all new digital drums um or are any of those harkening back to like the machine drum and that sort of thing or um how how's that stuff come about Yeah so the the digital ones um there are some new ones and the ones that are new are going to be these let me go here toy um bits Oh yeah I love the toy toy yeah. Uh, clap and then snare drum vintage uh i would say i mean the idea of of machines comes from the machine drum and um, mono machine but these sounds aren't uh taken from the machine drum um or that mainly the same thing um kind of like the rhythm the the cycle sounds are used inside this uh but with that you have um like a proper filter and envelope so it's a little bit different than the than the cycles just the sounds its own um but yeah that those are the where the sounds come from uh on the digital side and what's yeah. interesting with with it as well is that um i didn't get too far into it but we could get on it a little bit uh later but the effects routing you have the ability to route um any of these tracks to an analog effects block that has analog overdrive and then an analog multi-mode filter as well so technically you could run all of your analog uh, your digital tracks through that um or have two analog filters for your analog voices 
kind of just depending on how you want to route it. Um, and in a way, that's that's a, a one thing that I do like about it as well is that it has these specialties of um, drum synthesis and synthesis, but also kind of like a utility side with that effects block and also um, hmm. the modifiers and it being able to send out MIDI and uh, process audio as well. Dope. Dope, dope. So one of the things- Hold up your machine drum. Yeah, I was holding um, up the machine drum just because I was, I was gonna say that to me, it, when when I first learned about um, the syntax, I kind of felt like it was like the second calling of the machine drum. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? In so many ways, it, it it's obviously very modernized, not just in the physical form, but even in the approach and some of the things. But all the ideas of the machines, it kind of felt like. And I think this is one of those things that people, uh, at least myself, I won't speak for everybody, but this is one of those things. I'll, Full size the screen right quick. I'll never sell my machine drum. That's yeah, I'm never selling <laughs> my machine drum. Yeah. And this is to me, this was one of those things. I was like, you know what? I hope Electron revisits this idea of a mm -hmm. digital drum machine in in a more substantial sort of casing. And I'm glad to see it kind of reborn, at least to a degree, at least sort of the digital drum machine from Electron being reborn in uh the the, the digi format. Um, and shape of boxes and stuff. It's a, it's a good machine. And it's one of those things that <laughs> it's so versatile and it has so much stuff in it. It actually does also have its own sound, even though you kind of have things that some of the TR machines and stuff in there. Um, mm. But it's one of those things that is so versatile. You always find yourself finding new things in it. And so many times I've reached for it in sound design projects. So it's pretty dope. <clears throat> One of the other things, I pull this question up right here because it's a pretty in-depth question, but as far as workflow, I'll just, for myself, with me, the, um, and pardon me guys, I'm going to put this on full screen just so I can see. For, so for me with workflow, I try to approach every machine pretty much from the same perspective. How I want my drums pattern how do i want my drum patterns and what what melodic capabilities does a thing have uh, uh of it and in this case you know this is one of the toy this is the toy machine uh let's see and it just has a lot of flexibility there so if you listen What you hear right here is the bits machine. And I sort of added that because I was experimenting with, can you all hear that? Yeah. Yeah, so I was experimenting with um, the bits machine and I was like, oh, I can almost simulate sort of digital noise or simulate uh, a broken tape deck or maybe vinyl noise if I throw an LFO on it and just kind of make it move a little bit. So basically that's that's what I did then <clears throat> I think that was just me kind of exploring the synthesis of the bit machine. And I didn't want to go too crazy because I had some other melodic parts in there. Then it's just a matter of drum beat. 
so I laid down a drum beat. Uh, let's see. I think I then put a, uh, a bass line. Oh, and you know, if you listen to that, that uh, hi-hat, it's very simple. And I actually turned it down a little low, but I use a little bit of these retrigs, just a little bit every now and then, just to kind of give it a little bit of, and that's the cool thing about Electron, because once you get your basic patterns laid down, then you can go back and do all kinds of fun tricks, like, you know, whatever it be, probability and all those different things. So once I started adding all this other stuff, to me, at this point, I'm on any man's machine. <laughs> but where where things get specific to Electron is when you go back and you really start to dig into the sound design. So I actually laid down like the kick and the snare, but then I went back and them according to what I wanted them to be. And then, so you see, I got a clap in there, and, and that's basic stuff. And then, uh, melodic parts. And a bass line and that's all digital sounds yeah. so <clears throat> for me it really is a matter of making the most sort of the foundation of the joint and going back and really tweaking all of because i'll even say that the the chord machine didn't start off that way when i made this this track and i went back and i tweaked it until i got it sounded the, the way i wanted it to sound and so um to me, I think sometimes you have to step back when you're using an electron machine. Go back to the basics of what you know as your foundation and sort of build your patterns. And then you can kind of go in, or you, you may even want to start like I did with the, the first machine. You can start with an idea of what's this machine do? Let me go in and do some sound design and really dig in. <clears throat> and then you'll come out uh, kind of building stuff off of what's inspiring you. So that's the way I approach And to me too, kind of building towards uh, hip hop, it really makes a difference that you can shape these sounds into almost anything. But then I have it also hooked up to uh, the analog heat so I can get saturation. And, you know, I even have an envelope follower on there. So it really depends on what you want to do. Workflow is a huge question, but I at least wanted to kind of give you my thoughts on how I approached it. And that's also sort of how I approached sound design on it when, when I was invited to, to help out with the sound design. It was a crash course, how this is how this thing works, but I really did a lot of exploring of the uh, sounds and before I can build patterns and stuff. So yeah, just depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. One thing that I found is um, I'll go in and then I'll have like, a set of sounds that um, kind of start off with, uh, depending on on what I'm kind of feeling at the time. If I have an idea that I want to do and I'm kind of honed in, then I'll follow that. But um, if I'm starting from scratch, uh, there's a cool feature on here that randomizes parameters. So if I press any of these parameter, press yes. Like that, I like how like how that sounds and then I could go in and start shaping that so I'll make that I love doing that too especially when you're feeling a little stuck 
you know, it kind of gives you a little push for inspiration. Yep, exactly. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. that. And then if any, if you ever want to make any kind of like a uh, small variation of a, of a pattern, you could get there pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of where, where Corey was talking about, I'll talk about this pattern right here. Um, this one I have set up. I think I just have these, this sound. Uh, the way that I kind of set it up because I have these analog tracks here, I usually like using the analog tracks for kick, snare, and bass. Um, so it's like kick, snare, dual VCO sometimes, and then like a tie hat maybe. But because I have my drums here, then I'll put my digital drums on this side as well. So just like quick mute access. Um, and then if I have melodic, when I have melodic stuff, I'll keep them like starting from eight going this way, just so I could have myself visually. Oh, how I so if like, do. yeah, if the kick's right here, then I know I could just mute both of these, just use one finger kind of thing. Um, and obviously there'll be some melodic stuff right here sometimes, but for the most part, I try to keep it like that. So this is just like a little, uh, for this sound design, I was really trying to push the filter and delay in a way where uh, I wanted it to sound kind of like, instead of it being uh, kind of like a sharp kind of uh, filter envelope where we normally know that's how you get that like where is it? um i wanted to add this little ramp on it to make it kind of like sloop into it i guess i don't know if that's the right word but and then i have it being sent to the delay a lot um and on the delay track i have a really short delay time um so it could get kind of Um, but also on the effects track, I have an LFO being sent go here to the delay time. So it's kind of doing like a tape delay in a way where this is actually changing the, the LFO is changing the delay time. So kind of adds this weird space. And then from there, like Corey said, now it's just like go to drums. So this is where I have this kind of 808 sound going, but then I also want like that kick to knock under it. And snares. And it's all about layering for this, for me. Um, this is my kind of like a lower sound, but that's the analog voice, digital kind of, they're both on different, both, uh, taking up the frequency range, but that's basically my snare sound. And then I think these are more just, it's like four, four uh, layered snare for that. So if I play all of them. And then I think on this one, I have, uh, I have a parameter lock for each step so that it changes each time. Yeah, that's dope. And then, yeah, that's one of the things that's special about Electron is you could do a parameter lock and have something like that to keep the, even if you're doing trap beats and hip hop beats, the, the Electron probability and, and parameter locks is going to allow you to keep some dynamic movement to the thing. Definitely, yeah. And then with that, if you're if you're performing or anything else, um, recording live with Overbridge, 
or recording just um, your jam. You have all these tricks with the uh, modifiers and then control all and then uh, the probability. Um, but one thing I also did want to show would be on this uh, pattern, I basically, the way I work, if like I like this, where this is at, um, I'll like how that sounds. So I'll get this pattern and I'll copy it. And now I could place it anywhere. So if I go to this one, I could actually paste this pattern here. And now I have like a different, uh, I could start changing stuff. So if I go to like this hi-hat, let me see. So I'll just clear this. I'll say I'll take out the, the kick, the 808. So. So then that's just like another section. So then I could go from here to this one. Um, but on this one, I have uh, the same pattern and I have the effects routing. Um, so all of these tracks, I have them being routed to this effects block and I have some drive applied to it. And then this filter, it's, uh, it's a two pole notch filter. So it, when you, it kind of sounds like a phaser if you apply an LFO to it. So I'm applying an LFO to the filter frequency and then also to the panning. Um, so you can hear all that sounds. That is a pretty damn good tip. And then that's how I start creating my tracks. And then uh, it'll be like either if it's a big one, it'll be a whole bank will take a whole track will take up a whole bank. Most likely not. At most, I'll have like four and then four here. Um, and the way I've been kind of setting it up is that I'll have four. These will be like the main kind of uh, intro um, main part, verse part, and then like a breakdown and then like a crazy thing. And then on these ones, I'll have the effect. So like. For, for example, this one, I could copy this pattern, paste it here. And now instead of that uh, that um, kind of notch filter thing, I'll do a band pass. And let me change this, actually. And now it's going to be kind of like um, isolator uh, SP404 effect. And that gets saved into that pattern. So again, I could just queue up the next pattern to go in. So that effects track, it's it's kind of like you have to set it up yourself how you want to do it, but um, there's so much possibilities of what you could actually do. Uh, it also has control of the inputs where you could start affecting audio coming in and use that same concept of using the LFOs and the filters and the amp page and sending it to the delay and the reverb to create a an effects box basically with this if you don't have uh any pedals or anything but you want to process audio then this is a, a great way to do that while also being able to make some beats on top that's dope that's what's up so yeah <clears throat> i mean so i think we can tell from that that uh the box is pretty flexible uh, you get it's i it's a hybrid drum machine, but it's also a synth, right? There's just yeah. a lot of flexibility there uh, that you could do a lot of things with. It just depends on, I think one bit of it has to do with how comfortable you get with the box and, and how creatively you can think about the tools that you have. Because I'd never thought about what you did with that 
uh, like a bandpass filter, then an LFO on it, and it kind of acts like a phaser. I wouldn't have thought about that, but that's one of those things. I think the more time you spend with the machine, the more you start to realize, like, oh, well, if I think a little bit outside the box, I could do this, that, or, or you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah, and also with that, like, it's all about taking the time. It's easy to get something and try and get the next thing to be like, I need that, I need that. But like, if you spend the time, then you actually have that time to think about it. Um, and then you're not so stuck to like one pattern. It's like you, you're able to, you said it, um, step back for a minute. You know, sometimes you gotta step back, look at what you're working on and then you can be like, all right, see it as a whole now, make those little tweaks. And I think that's the workflow I usually go cause I'll lay a bunch of stuff down, but as I'm listening to it, then I'll start shaping the kick so that it's more yeah. applied vibe that yeah. I'm trying to get or, you know, totally, totally. agreed, agreed. Yep. Um, one of the things I like that you showed Mario is the organization and how you think about your performance. Mm. Um, I can't say that I've thought that far into like just the layout of the thing. Like it's dope that you, you know, yeah. So the bottom four, the analog machines at the bottom four, you can put your drums right above those. That way you got easy access to be able to, uh, mute things. So this, someone just asked though, but I think we do have this function though. It says no multiple mute with function, same as Rhythm MK2. Yeah, you can just hit function and hit as many mute buttons as you want. Yeah, you can, but I, I believe what they might be talking about is the, um, on the rhythm, it's called a uh, cue. I, th I think it's like you're cueing the mute, so you could hold function and press this, and they'll, they would light blue. And then uh, basically when you let it go, then it'll mute all those selected one at once. Uh, I got you. So you can time it better than have. Okay, yeah. I got you. It's so so sort yeah, of. it's not on here. It's it's a cool uh, trick because yeah, when you're getting stuff, you could kind of uh, queue up your mutes. But yeah, that feature is not on on this one. I'll let the the, the folks in Sweden know about that. I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> mute mode. Yo, what's up, Erica? <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. I was, um, <clears throat> when I came down to the electron spot, I was pleased to see uh, uh, Erica in there too. I was like, oh, this is Erica. <laughs> She's back there ripping machines apart and put them back together in 2.5 seconds. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's dope. So you know something else. So queuing mutes, that makes sense. That sounds like. Yeah, hey, I, I got a quick question for you. Um, What's the, you know, what's the power of this thing as far as an external sequencer? Like, can, can it drive all the rest of your gear? Uh, do you get access to that full uh, sequencer for if I want to sequence my modular gear or whatever else, you know? Good question. Um, you do. Uh, the way that it is, it's uh, each track has ability to be a MIDI track. You could select that as a machine. So you're sacrificing that track's audio. But um, yeah, if I go here to MIDI, and I actually have this um, just for a, another uh, demonstration as well too, with it's class compliant audio and MIDI. So I have this Animog app and I'm playing it and it's processing the audio through there, but I set the channel to MIDI channel one. Let's see, find a... Yeah. 
So yeah, you can send it over USB, but also with MIDI as well. You have, uh, you could select, um, obviously, yeah, the MIDI channel. You also have um, bank, sound bank, uh, sub bank, my bad, um, program, pitch band, um, after touch that you could apply with parameter locking as well, uh, mod wheel, and then this is breath control. So that's all assignable depending on in your MIDI setup. Um, and then you also have eight uh, slots that you could select what MIDI CC you want to send to that. Uh, so depending on what device you are, you would just have to reference what MIDI CC. And then here you activate that and you have up to eight different um, values that you could change with the device, but also apply parameter locks to that as well. Um, and then in yeah, LC that is just, I just got to take pause right there. That is super dope that you could use something like an iOS app uh, instrument or external instrument, <clears throat> but then you can set parameters up to eight parameters and parameter lock those joints yep. for the external instrument. Yeah. I don't know if that that resonates loud enough. <laughs> I think one that thing, one thing that you can do with it too, say it's like the same thing, the same settings uh, as the Digitech, mm -hmm. but you can, I've used it to control VST. So if I was playing yeah. live and I didn't want to bring an extra controller, I use the actual piece of hardware to control a VST on in Ableton or something like that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Like, because I'm so used to the the Digi form. Like I'll have my DigiTag plugged in, and when I'm making stuff in Ableton, I'll just use that because I have eight MIDI tracks on the bottom. So yep. I use it as my MIDI controller in there while write stuff. I don't use a sequencer on it, but I'm streaming audio over USB. So it's a it's a good like I said utility if you looking for a, de uh, a device and say you don't you don't have enough money for uh, an interface and a box, um, this can be used, any of the digis and the analog devices could be used as a sound card. So you just plug it in and then you can plug in your monitors here and use it as an interface. And also it has input. So you have two um, inputs that you could use to record audio into your DAW. Um, and also the MIDI controller to be able to control um, any VST software or, or iOS app. So not only is it the dope drum machine and synthesizer, but um, it actually checks off a lot of boxes for like somebody that, again, can't afford every every piece of gear needed to uh, connect it. All this thing kind of allows that to. Right, or you just want to only use one device to keep everything exactly. streamlined. Like, because yeah. like even when I used it con to control a VST in Ableton, it can, also send uh, program changes in the bank so you can actually even change the voices using yeah. the using the, the the hardware to have it jump to a different preset does that yep. make I, it I does yeah no, it, um, right? but yeah it's really handy so then that way you can use like a whole library of you know vst sounds yeah and, and even in it sends the program changes through through MIDI, um, yep. so any of your hardware since, like I said, the, the bank, or yeah, where, where was I? The sound bank, or sub bank and bank, um, it's all dependent on, obviously, the, the MIDI device that you're controlling. If you're, some vintage gear can't change as fast as electron sequencer could fire out, so that's one thing, but I've um, used it where, like, you go here and just change the bank, the sound program for each step, and it'll do It'll just go crazy on the on your hardware device. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. 
Super. <laughs> Is there any other question? Um, so there was some talk in the chat about just like the screen and, you know, lack, not everybody has, you know, can necessarily see on that size of screen. And mm. they were talking about some of that and having some limitations, but um, it was brought up with the overbridge, which I think is a really great tool. And the fact that you can just utilize it in your DAW and be able yeah. to see all those parameters as large as you can open it yeah, up. Yeah. And, screen, and with that, you don't, you don't necessarily, it it's, doesn't have to just open up in a DAW. It also has a standalone. So if you just want to plug in your device to um, your computer, uh, you could open up standalone, see all the parameters, and also have the ability to record um, each track individually or the stereo out. Um, so yeah, all of the 12 tracks plus the effects track as well. Um, so there is a way, obviously it's it's not in the hardware, so kind of you are uh, limited to the screen that's on the device, but um, there is a way that if you needed to, you can uh, put it on the overbridge and see everything and be able to control everything as well with the software. That's dope. For, for those that don't know, can you tell folks, you know, just briefly what Overbridge is? Yeah. So um, Overbridge is a is a software that allows you to connect to your Electron device um, available for the Digitac, Digitone, Syntax, Analog Rhythm and Analog 4 and Analog Heat. Uh, not available for the Octatrack and not available for the model series. But basically what it is, it's the ability to open it up um, as a software or a plugin as VST or audio unit. And that gives you access to all the parameters on the screen. You can control them with the, the, the screen and it all um, reacts both on hardware and feedbacks bi-directionally. So whatever you do on the hardware reflects on the um, software and vice versa. Um, and with that, that's super cool because then you could automate stuff in your DAW, um, automate multiple parameters that you wouldn't normally be able to do with just two hands. And uh, also um, the ability to stream all your audio tracks um, available. So individually be able to uh, set them up in your DAW and record them individually so you could process them individually or mix them and do uh, finish tracks. Uh, how mixing them however you would want. Um, so it's a it's a really nice, uh, powerful software that um, is compatible with the devices. And yeah, it just makes recording stuff a lot easier. And, and some people, if you prefer working in the box, it's a great way to kind of bridge those two uh, worlds together. Yeah. Real dope. <clears throat> it's 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 a dope way to integrate without a doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Well, cool. You know what I'm, I'm thinking? So you can obviously see I've paired mines with, uh, is that screen thing is not going to come on, but I've paired mines with the analog heat. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that could be just about anything, but I think obviously any of your stuff <laughs> pairs well with the analog heat. But yeah. one of the things I was wishing for is a compressor uh, mm -hmm. at the end. And and I know I know typically you can't talk about whether or not there's plans, but I just want to throw that in there that like yo, yeah. <laughs> put that joint on there so we can have it. Yeah, there's there's a again there's a I always find a way to to make these things work. Um, but let's say for example I got this sound. Um, 
should just get like a chord sound or something. Now let's put this here. Make sure that it goes. Just have it hold. All right, cool. Cool. All right, so let me bring this down a little bit. And what I'm going to do is apply this, uh, route this uh, chord machine to the effects track so i have this filter ability to do that filter but then also on the amp page you have this um envelope that applies negative value to the um amp volume yeah. so let's see let's just record a simple copy this drum pattern very sloppy but um now i'll paste that on the effects track sequencer and now every time these hit it's going to apply a negative uh, value to the to the um amp page a way to do some sidechain compression um but yeah That's it's, not, it's not a, a a crazy compressor but again with the um if you wanted to just route everything you could add some uh the analog drive overdrive to it which sounds pretty good you know what i think you just proved uh, our earlier point that like once you really, really get to know the machine and you think a little bit outside the box, you kind of know what the tool set is, uh -huh. you can get creative and do almost anything you could imagine. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think it's also just the connectivity part of it. Like, um, again, I know it's you can't have every device, but like if you have a laptop, then a just run it recorded and run that through a compressor on your your plugin because you can plug it in over usb and just record that real quick or on your phone uh you know record it into koala or something and then use that as your drums and or whatever app that you use uh cubase kind of daw um so that's kind of what my solution to to compression is i'll record stuff into uh overbridge and then i'll process things differently because i'm going to compress my drums in separate way than I'm going to uh, compress my uh, melodic parts. Dope. Dope. Yeah, very cool. Yes, and then to Ted, yes, it is It is uh, kind of like a ducking in. And it's cool because you could apply it. It could be applied to the trigs that you set down. Um, I mean, it would would be nice to just route that audio, but it's it. it could do some weird stuff as well too. You're not just uh, um, 
stuck on just using the audio as your input for the trigger of the envelope, you could do some creative uh, ducking. Now, here's a, I think the most important question of the day. Who made these pictures and who splashed juice on that syntax <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah, man. I every time I see that picture, I get scared. Somebody's like, "Yo, put the drink over there." <laughs> that's that. That's that musical sex funk that is just spewing <laughs> all over it. <laughs> Not That's when you know you in the smoke. heat. <laughs> you in heat. Yeah. <laughs> word, word. <clears throat> All right. Well, yo, how much is the how much is it uh going for? Nine ninety-nine, I believe. Uh, yep. That's what I'm seeing when I'm looking at uh the yeah, yeah. you know yeah. the plethora of, of commonly referred to sites. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, $9.99. Uh, we have them constantly being made. So uh, if it's not in stock at your preferred retail space, then hit them up, wait, uh, because they're, they're building them and they're shipping them out as fast as they can. When I say they, yeah. I mean Electron. Yeah, the day we, right? Yes, they we, yeah. <laughs> So, so you know, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about is because we're in a we're in a weird place nowadays, yo. And I'm sure we all know this is for for obvious reasons. But when it comes to gear, uh, uh, and maybe it's always been like this, I kind of don't think so. But you know, the people and the features and the you know everybody is a damn expert <laughs> right and as soon as something drops everybody only has all the most negative things to say about something long before they uh, touch the thing <laughs> you know what i'm saying and yeah. so you know uh i'm glad ken asked were some of the uh, machines refined are they the same or you know what i mean you answered that already which i'm i'm glad you got a chance to address because mm -hmm. i think it's important to note that you know while this is a hybrid drum machine and there are some machines that may come from other machines, it's not just like a, a throw together. You it, you all obviously took a lot of time to put together a, a, a dope machine here. <clears throat> I saw somebody online. There was a lot of people saying, yo, why in the hell would that be $9.99 and saying that the price is too much? So I got a couple things for that. One is obviously we're in a different day and age now. Um, I think what we're going to start to see is a lot of things are going to cost more. Um, but secondly, I saw online is uh, uh, somebody tore down or at least opened this up and opened it up next to a Digitac or a Digitone or something. I think it was Digitone. And they opened it up and the density of the circuit board on the Syntac actually. Yeah, kind of I saw away. that. You saw that, Ken? Yeah, like, it's, it's like, pretty man, impressive how much stuff is crammed in there it really is a yeah. lot of stuff crammed in there so i feel like this is one of those things those are one of those things that it's tough for the general consumer to know that kind of stuff that mm. it went to there's a lot more components involved on this and there's obviously a lot more involved sir right you all there yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That maybe maybe that's something that nobody would really ever want to know, <laughs> but I think all that stuff matters when it comes down to somebody saying, 
why in the hell would that cost that much? Was because yeah. people think that companies just arbitrarily try to gouge or something, um, mm. and which has been like a common uh, sort of comment lately on certain things. But I just wanted to kind of mention that. What's your What's your thoughts on that, Mario? Yeah, uh, I mean, again, it 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 is it is tough, and and I'm I'm fortunate enough to be able to have access to gear like this. Um, but I, I totally agree and I understand where uh, people come from because it's not always easy. Uh, but again, um, with something, I can't speak with any, about anything else, but it's particularly mm -hmm. the syntax. Um, you're right, the, the under the hood, um, it, it is a lot heavier than the devices. Um, and yeah, the, the engineering behind it is kind of really, really amazing. The, 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 the team over there in Sweden, they how they were able to get all these components and get it into this small package as well. So there's that design uh, aspect as well, because, you know, it could have been bigger and maybe that would have in people's mind made it more. Oh yeah. That's the psychological thing. It's, it's, it yeah. totally is like when yeah. people see this box and it's the same size as the other boxes <laughs> and then, you know, but it has all these features in it. And even you've just explained at least three different things that this does that are kind of new to the, to the whole sort of mm -hmm. time of the workflow. Um, and I think psychologically, and that happens with modules too. Mm -hmm. You might see right. a module that could be, I don't know, 14 HP, but it might be 20, and that might warrant another hundred dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? But or then, you could go the opposite route and make it like the size of a thimble, like other companies, and yeah. charge way more. <laughs> that's that's yeah. true. That's becoming the new trend. <laughs> no doubt. So I mean, I think it's something psychological about that. Maybe mm -hmm. if this was the size of, you know, machine drum. Um, what is this a drum machine for ants? <laughs> <laughs> we we've seen it out there. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a that's an interesting thing though. Um yeah. like like my man Why Not said, now it's much worse now. So many comments, opinions have been really wild. And it is true. And I always get a kick out of people form these incredibly wild opinions um <clears throat> before they even touch the box. Or before they even see more than the first one minute video about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I think I think uh, you know, we're we're gonna try to do as much now that I mean it's crazy out there, but um we know that it is a responsibility not only to just uh show up, but then also like educate what the device does so you know mm -hmm. people could actually find out for themselves and not listen to um this i somebody else talk on a microphone on a website yeah. uh mm -hmm. so let let the you know experience dictate or not dictate but just help you determine what you want and find what you like because again syntax is, is super dope and i'll i'll always use it um mm. it's, it's not for everybody somebody might not want a digital and analog drum machine somebody might want a pure analog drum machine that they build <laughs> And, you know, it's like it or they it's just they would rather use samples. So, um, you know, it's it's not you're not wrong for not liking it, but also it's it's a it's a good tool. And I, I think it's just about um, depending on where you're at. It's a synthesizer sound processor mm -hmm. as well. Um, and if you just try not to find a problem so that this could solve it. But if you really feel like this could really solve a lot of uh, 
things that I want to accomplish in terms of my sound and my music. Uh, I think that's, <clears throat> that's yeah, yeah. I mean, and I would challenge anybody too. Um, and this is probably with any synthesis, um, but you know, specifically with the syntax, I had mentioned on one of the forums or Facebook pages, like, yo, I think for uh, hip hop cats who are not traditionally ones to dig into an electron box like this, not to say that no one has, but I definitely think that that's one of the things they, I know I used to kind of look at drum machines and be like, eh, sampling, that's what I'm about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a lot of the synthesis. And I think one of the things that, to remember with Syntax, uh, for anybody that might do hip hop and other types of music, like there's a lot of capability in this. And I mentioned that on the FB page. There's a lot of capability in this. It's just kind of limited by whatever your creative sort of choices are, creative imagination might be, or your know-how with synthesis of the of the machines and the devices inside. And then someone chimed in, of course, there's always an exact opposite naysayer. <laughs> Whenever you want to, it was like, I find the machines to be very limited. And I think, okay, that's probably valid for him and he, if he's used it and stuff. But I don't know that I've, I don't, I really don't find the machines to be limited. What I do find them is to be customized to the thing that they're supposed to do. If it's classic snare, then you're going to get parameters that are related to classic snare. If it's plastic yeah. kick, you're going to get parameters that are related to a kick, so forth and so on. And all those things might be different. But still, within those parameters, you have a lot of flexibility to make that into something cool. And and also, the first time you mess, like, for instance, the chord machine. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes it, it'll be like I find myself making the same kind of chord sounds with it until I maybe put down a pattern with it and then start to tweak things. And you, you're now changing things in a way that's non-traditional to the way you would do sound design. You know what I mean? And so, hey, with the... um. With with the fact of having overbridge, um, that lets you get beyond just the fact that you have only two outputs on it, right? Like you can break out each channel into its own channel, right? That is correct. Um, okay, just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at one. Um, <laughs> I was looking at one on a, on a site, and I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm trying to hold myself back, but. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was like the first thought was like about external processing and whatnot on it. Yeah, yeah. And back back to kind of what you were saying, Corey. Just to kind of finish that that thought really quick. The uh, for I mean, the Beat People podcast. We you know you have a, a audience. It I'm sure it's expanded, but like for hip hop, that's what I kind of my roots are from in terms of how I approach music. It always mm -hmm. goes and changes, but um. For that, like it's, and especially hip hop and user producers that use samplers, I feel like this is a great companion with any sampler, whether that be SB four one, Mark two, whether that's a Digitech, whether that's an MPC, um, especially with like MPC Live uh, or the newer ones, um, because it has class compliant USB audio, you could just plug in this straight into your MPC and just record your stereo out, and then just use this as basically like a plugin, a hardware plugin for your MPC. If that's your main uh, sequencing tool, then you just sequence stuff, you, you compose some crazy stuff, sample that, retune it, repitch it, chop it up and slice it. So now you're creating your own samples and, and there, therefore creating your own sound as well. Um, sampling is a great way to take a piece of something and make it your own. But um, if the sound source is like your music, then 
you could start from there and it, just the possibilities are, are pretty wild. It's endless. It, it is endless. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's literally what I have set up nice. right here. <clears throat> yep. I didn't set up a, a sequence or anything, but yeah, this the 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 syntax is going into um the MPC live. And I could use those together. And this is just basically another sound source with all the flexibility that comes with the syntax. But now I got my my you know primary source of, of beat making with this yeah. added sort of arsenal of sounds and even the sequencing and stuff in there that I can do a lot of damage with that and yeah. uh, just add a whole new dimension to the music. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, definitely. And and whether you perform or not, like it's it's great to have those performance tricks because there's going to be stuff that I, I could speak for myself that I can't recreate in a, in a sequencer or in a, in a pattern, you know, if like me changing a certain parameter or doing control all, I'd rather just record that sample it and be like, all right, let me just flip this how I want it to sound. But um, having that hands-on uh, tactile control of a, of a software or hardware um, in addition to with the sampler, that's why I, I really think like, that's going to be my setup this in a digitech because it's just sample my sound redo it and then do my drums sample that into digitech now i have more tracks here and it's just a different workflow changing parameters on a synthesis versus changing the tune on samples you know you get that yeah cool. yeah, yeah it's a it's and a different yeah. deal yep well you get a little more control too i mean you know a mm -hmm. sample is already burned audio so i mean you can do a lot with it but when you can actually take a sound like sculpt the sound itself to create it takes it to a whole nother level. True. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Yo, mm -hmm. um, I think we are right about at uh, a little bit over an hour. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> anybody got anything uh, they want to ask Mario or talk about syntax before we close out? Any questions out there in the chat? Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for coming. It's good good to see you again on the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's happy to see see you guys with your devices. Ken hit us up, your homie. So you could either go to your preferred retailer or <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I got I got a bunch of gear I gotta sell. So I gotta I gotta sell some stuff and then buy some stuff. That's always the that's the that's how it goes. And flow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sell by, sell by, no. sell by. It's shipping and receiving. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it, it looks dope though, because uh, I keep looking at it, and one of the things that I liked about the rhythm was it's a really wild ass sequencer, and I kept like wanting to use it as kind of the main sequencer for my modular drums and all that stuff. And I have my modular drums are tied in via MIDI as well, so it's like it was always kind of like just a little bit big for, for that purpose. And I didn't, I kind of initially bought the rhythm because I wanted, you know, the kind of 12 bit sampler with the analog circuit and all that stuff. Um, and, and it does that. It sounds, I think that that thing sounds fantastic. Um, but the workflow, I just found myself like kind of going to other things, but I was always kind of like kicking myself. Cause I was like, man, the way that I use it was such a waste because it could do so much and do so many cool things. And I was like, if it kind of would fit into my setup a little bit differently, I could see myself really using that. 
And then I see this thing and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can use that sequencer. And, you know, like the probability and, and like those kinds of things that the electron sequencers do that and the micro timing and stuff mm -hmm. is all stuff that like you really don't get out of other sequencers. Like, you know, I've got like the force and the 2400 and stuff and you can do you can do sort of certain things, but really electron specializes in that very like that very microscopic timing thing. And then also being able to like add in um, changes that you didn't necessarily program, but you program the machine to allow it to do those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And that's always um, really fun. And the way that I tend to use my modular drums to begin with, like now I have to run through multiple things. Like I'll have like a, um, what is it like Keystep pro and uh and then i'm tying that together with a trigger riot to get probability and stuff that's like on a more intricate level and all and really realistically i could just have that yeah. one little box and be good to go yep and then depending on the device like if it's a syntax and you got some some synthesis if it's a digitac then you got a sampler um, exactly exactly but, uh, yeah it's it's uh you're you're totally right on that in terms of like telling device what to do, setting the parameters and the rules so that it turns into like a songwriting companion. Like you, you put some stuff into it, but then it just spits it right back out. It starts evolving on you. Yeah. So yeah, and cool, Doug. Yes, I'm. I see that question and I hear it loud and clear. I want that as well. <laughs> so the question is, can you tell the fine folks in Sweden uh, to add that keyboard folding to? to Digitone. Um, so duly noted. There's a couple other questions here before we get out of here. I want to be yeah. able to drop on you here. Can we use the synth built in with a MIDI keyboard? That's how uh, I have it set up right now. Yes. You have, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. you have uh, MIDI in um, over USB. So if you, if you want to use Ableton as your kind of clock, but then have your hardware. Um, and yeah, MIDI keyboard, depending on which track you set, that'll be what the keyboard's selecting. And you have um, mm -hmm. MIDI uh, setup. Sorry, my overhead camera died, even though it's plugged in, so I can't change. But um, you could change how you want it to control. If you want to use a MIDI keyboard just to control one track, um, then you could set that or an auto track so it selects goes auto uh configures to the track selected automatically hmm. yeah that's how i have yeah. it right now i took it out i was using it in my live setup but i brought it over to my desk and i'm using my launch key and yeah it makes it a lot more fun too because then i can mm -hmm. have a sequence on the actual on device that. and i can also play along and add an extra layer of the sequence with the yeah. keyboard Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dope. And what's this? Someone said, can you explain uh, Syntax ST setup, Mario? Cool. Um, I think he meant, he later posted Syntax digit, Digitech. Oh, Digitech. Right? Yeah. I think so. Like the combo or something. Oh, oh, oh. Syntax Digitech. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I was um, thinking, I don't know. I thought Syntax or SY would be the Syntax, but I figured yeah. we got it. Good, good, yeah, good I mean, <laughs> the way that I, I do it, it's kind of di different ways. If, if uh, um, 
I want to use the effects track, then I'll route the audio from the Digitact into the syntax. Um, that's kind of how I've been using it. But then I'll send MIDI out from the Digitact into the syntax so that uh, Digitact is the main clock. Um, and because I have those additional eight MIDI tracks, I'll use that as additional LFOs for the syntax. So the syntax on a sound, you have two LFOs. But um, with the Digitech, depending on which track, up to eight MIDI tracks, I could assign it to here and then start modulating stuff um, with that. Um, but then the other uh, side of that as well is that I'll run the syntax into the Digitech and stuff that I compose on syntax, I'll just sample that into Digitech um, and flip it Thanks. in there or sample some sounds. Um, oh, there goes my other camera. <laughs> <Let me laughs> That's good. It, it makes sense though, having a syntax yeah. connected and then using the Digitech to be able to resample and <clears throat> and move on and kind of keep building on it that way. That's a dope way. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm trying to go to my thing. If not, then that might be it. We might we might it was about that time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> track variations. What do you think he means by track variations? Lengths? Of tracks, uh, sequencer is track the one feature I'd wish for, and the lecture feature is track variations. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, we there's different, there's scaling per you per could track. change the length per track, you could uh have different scales per track, and then also, um, uh, yeah, um, but I, I maybe like variations of how it plays, like forward and backwards, or that's the one That's thing that it does, doesn't have. Um, but there's a lot of cool tricks that when you're actually working with the device, like you could copy and paste a lot of um, the tricks there. So if you have something saved, you could copy stuff and paste them. And uh, it's working really quick. Like you said, it's just the more you work with it, you get familiar with that the actual workflow. And then you start figuring out that there is a way to do something you want to do, but it's not particularly how you thought before. It's kind of like a workaround or cheat code dope well yo on that note uh ted says thanks and for for explaining digitech syntax i want to thank everybody for jumping on and joining and hopefully this is one of those shows that um uh people come back and reference later uh feel free to repost and reference whatever you might need to do and we'll see you on the flip side i'm just turning this joint up yeah Right, peace out.